Welcome, and also devotees online, also welcome. And uh, yeah, nowadays we do these big public meetings, and then devotees online are a little bit uh, cut off. But I had an idea; they can also ask questions by sending me a WhatsApp message. Ah, so can partake. Uh, we'll do something. Maybe a little less loud. Jai Jai Sitetanya Jai Anitananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jai Agora Bhakta Vinda Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Advaita Chandra Daya Gora Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vinda Gora Bhakta Vinda Gora Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vinda So we're reading a little bit in the uh, Madhya Leela. Uh, let's see. Come on. Start with Madhav in the Puri. So Madhulila chapter four. Yasmai datum churyan xira bandam Gopinat xira chura bidobut Sigopala pradura sitvasasan Yat prem natan madhavindram natusme 
I offer my respectful obeisances unto Madhavinda Puri, who was given a part of sweet rice stolen by Sri Gopinath, celebrated thereafter as Kirachora. Being pleased by Madhavinda Puri's love, Sri Gopal, the deity at Govardhan, appeared to the public vision purport. Bhaktivinoda Thakur annotates that this Gopal deity was originally installed by Vajra, the great-grandson of Krishna. Madhavinda Puri rediscovered Gopal. Oh, something went ahead. Uh, and established him on top of Govardhan Hill. This deity, this Gopal deity, is now situated at Natadwar and is under the management of descendants of Vallabharacharya. The worship of the deity is very luxurious, and one who goes there can purchase varieties of prasadam by paying a small price. Jaya Jaya Gura Chandra Jaya Nichanana Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gura Bhakta Vrinda All glories to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu All glories to Nichananda Prabhu All glories to Advaita Prabhu And all glories to all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya Niladri Gamana Jagannath Darshana Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya Prabhu Ramilana E Sabalila Prabhur Dasa Vrindavan Bistari Kriyachina Uttamavanan The Lord went to Jagannath Puri and visited Lord Jagannath's temple. He also met with Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. All these pastimes have been very elaborately explained by Vrindavan Dastakur in his book Chaitanya Bhagavad. Sahaje vichitra madura chitanya vihar Vrindavan dasamukha amritiradar By nature, all the activities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are very wonderful and sweet. And when they're described by Vrindavan das Thakur, they become like a shower of nectar. Ateva tahe varnile haya punarukti Dambukare varni yadi taichanahi shakti Therefore, I humbly submit that since these incidents have already been described by Vindavandas Thakur, I would be very proud to repeat the same thing, and this would not be very good. I do not have such powers. Chaitanya mangalyaha karila varnana Sutra lila kariya suchan. I therefore, I'm therefore presenting only a synopsis of, the, of the, those events already described elaborately by Vindavandas Thakur in his Chaitanya Mangal, now known as Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm. So the, it is said that the temple of Radha Govinda was the most prominent temple in Vrindavan. It was a temple of seven stories high, and they would light a lamp on top of the temple, which was uh, basically a, a fire, uh, like a, a lamp lit by fire. But it was so bright that it could be seen in Agra, which is 60 kilometers away. So, uh, it was therefore that later Aurangzeb uh, dismantled the temple, took three stories of the temple. But in its glory days, that temple was attracting thousands of devotees. And it is described that these devotees would gather in the temple 
to discuss um, what is now called the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Um, so it is very interesting how all these devotees were in Vrindavan discussing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That was their, their only interest, their life and soul. Day and night, they were speaking about the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the miracle of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the extraordinary qualities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because they were fully aware of the extraordinary mercy. Uh, they knew uh, that, yes, Krishna came to Vrindavan and Krishna did provide Krishna Prem, but who could access it? Very few, well, very few. Who could actually enter into the eternal pastimes of Vrindavan Dham? Um, who could actually uh, enter into these pastimes of Radha and Krishna and the gopis? Um, who, who had the same depth of love as the gopis in Vrindavan? So everyone was aware that, uh, that now there was special mercy and that now uh, it was possible even for those who were lacking, lacking in love, to, um, to be elevated. Um, so, in this way, uh, the appreciation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very, very, uh, uh, was so strong that all the devotees just wanted to hear about Lord Chaitanya. Mm. Mm. And that's one minute. Go a little further. Ah, one second. Chandram. No? Ah, Krishna, I have to download it again. Chaitanya. Ch Chaitanya. Chandravita. Hare Krishna. Okay, so <clears throat> when we are going on the uh, Parikram path here in Vrindavan, <clears throat> just before Madan Mahan, we have uh, Kaliyadaha. We have the place where the pastime took place. Krishna danced on the hoots of Kaliya. And, and right behind Kaliyadaha is the... Uh, uh, Samadhi of Prabodhananda Saraswati. Uh, so Prabodhananda Saraswati is the uh, uncle of Gopal Bhatta, 
Goswami. And he was a sannyasi in the uh, Sri Sampradaya. And Gopal Bhatta uh, was instructed by him. So in one sense, he was the spiritual master of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. And, uh, and a very close associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he wrote uh, two major books. One is the Vindavan Mahimamrita, which is a book describing the glories of Vindavan. Mahima means glories. So the nectar of the glories of Vindavan, and he extensively ascribe, describes the glories of Vindavan. And, um, and he wrote the Chaitanya Chandramrita, which I'm now going to, uh, to look at. Um, let me offer my respectful obeisances to Lord Chaitanya Chandra, whose face is as splendid as millions of moons and whose smile is as charming as moonlight. He's like a moon that has just risen from the ocean of the bliss of pure love for Lord Krishna. Oh, Lord Chaitanya Chandra, by devotedly serving your lotus feet, one can attain the pure love for Lord Krishna. That is the ultimate goal of all endeavors. Oh, Lord Chaitanya Chandra, oh, great auspiciousness of the world, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you moving his hands and feet, raising the two golden rods of his arms, trembling as he dances, and loudly calling out, Hari, Hari, in ecstatic bliss, Lord Chaitanya Chandra vanquishes the inauspiciousness of this world. To that, Lord Chaitanya Chandra, whose eyes are like two large lotus flowers, who is emerged in tasting the sweet nectar of pure love of Krishna, and who is the crest jewel of all incarnations, I offer my obeisances. O Lord Chaitanya Chandra, O Lord, whose form is full of blissful pastimes, O Lord, whose complexion is as splendid of, as gold, O Lord, who gives in charity the nectar of pure love for Lord Krishna, I am offering my respectful obeisances unto you. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. To Lord Hari, his eyes, now like millions of rain clouds, shedding torrents of tears, the opulence of pure love of Krishna, making him laugh at millions of Vaikuntha worlds, his charming handsomeness, like millions of nectar oceans, and his role, now that of a sannyasi, I offer my respectful obeisances. So his eyes are like millions of rain clouds, so we can just imagine how many tears came from the eyes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, the opulence of pure love of Krishna makes him laugh at millions of Vaikuntha worlds. Uh, who is interested in, in Vaikuntha uh, when one is tasting the unique love of Golok? Uh, it, it cannot be compared. Uh, so... Uh, So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is uh, deeply, deeply absorbed in love of God. Um, but yeah, that is the same, like the residents of Vindavan. 
the eternal residents of Vrindavan are also deeply absorbed in love of God. But how can we um, appreciate, how can we appreciate what love of God really is? Some of us may have chanted for many years. Some of us may have read so many books. Some of us may have uh, read books about love of God and, uh, and in great detail um, the nature of ecstatic transformations, the nature where the hairs on the body stand on end and tears and so many other symptoms are described. Um, but have we, to what extent have we experienced these, uh, these symptoms? So it is said, Lord Chaitanya is Krishna who comes into this world to taste the, uh, the love that Srimadha Radharani uh, experiences. Um, that's his internal reason for appearing in this world. But then there is this external reason, which is the reason to flood the entire world and to somehow or other change the lives of, of everyone. Srila um, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is explaining that one should, we must worship Lord Chaitanya, but we must not worship Lord Chaitanya to the exclusion of Radha and Krishna, nor should we worship Radha and Krishna to the exclusion of Lord Chaitanya. We need both. So when we are finding our limits of love in relationship to Radha and Krishna, and when we realize that we don't have the love of the gopis, then we realize that, uh, yeah, that we are limited. Uh, like I myself once was flying over snowy mountains and I, I knew the route was over a lot of, uh, of mountains. So they asked me at the check-in, do you want uh, an aisle seat or a window seat? I said, I'll take a window seat. And I took a window seat and I had the view, very nice. But then I got boring. Then I picked up the nectar devotion. And as I started reading, then it said the gopis were not interested to see anything but Krishna. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, exposed. Right? There I was with my snowy mountains. Um, yeah. So we reach the limit, the limit of our love, right? And uh, so what to do then? Yeah. Then we turn to Lord Chaitanya and we turn to his mercy. And then uh, we become part of it. We join him, we assist him in distributing the mercy. And if we do so, uh, then our, our treasures, our depths will increase and we will become 
as we gain depth in spiritual life, we become free from lust, greed, anger, madness, illusion, and envy. These six are the ongoing problems. Right? Uh, no one in, in this material world except a liberated soul is free from these six enemies. These six enemies are, are constantly plaguing us. Right? Even now, while we're chanting Hare Krishna, still, lust, greed, anger, illusion, madness, envy, these six are just constantly attacking our consciousness. Uh, so to rise, how to, how to get out of this? It seems impossible. Uh, it seems impossible. Um, and in the Pajavali, there is also some statement, you know, no, not by uh, learning the scriptures, not by uh, wearing saffron cloth, and then there's a longer list. Uh, it said, but by pure, but only by pure devotional service is lust overcome. So this is the situation. Uh, Says in Bhagavatam, Balavan Indriyan Gramo Prakriti Stani Karsati. So all of us are still struggling, still struggling with the attacks. And as long as we are lacking in love. So then the next thing is uh, we may fight, we may fight these enemies with determination. We may fight them with sadhana, sadhana bhakti. We may fight them with regulation. We may fight them with the morning program. We may fight them with, uh, uh, with going to Mongolarti, but still, um, they don't go away. It seems that we get a little bit of a grip on the situation if we, but it is like uh, a, still a precarious situation. Um, it, it can get out of hand. Yes, we're just barely keeping ourselves on the path, right? Not being swayed by these strong forces. Right? Sometimes just like gusts of wind, you know, like suddenly a gust of lust, like a very strong storm, and we almost get knocked off the path. And it's, okay, still standing. Yes. In this way, we are, uh, it's, it's not so easy. Uh, Four regulative principles, 16 rounds. Yes, it's we're doing, and we are protected. But the attacks of the six enemies is very, very strong. Mm. But we find in the success to come, we find an important point. Um, 
ಚೇತುಡಾರ್ಪಣಮಾರ್ಜನಂ ಭವಾಮಹಾದವಕ್ನಿರ್ವಾಪನಂ ಶ್ರೇಯಕೈರೇವ ಚಂದ್ರಿಕಾವಿಧಾರಣಂ ವಿಧಾಜುಜೀವನಂ ಅನಂದಂ ಬುರಿವರ್ಧನ ಪ್ರತಿಪದಂ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೃತಸ್ವಾದನ ಸ್ರವತ್ಮಸ್ನಪನ ಪರಂ ವಿಜಾಯತೆ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸಂಕೀರ್ತನ ಸೊ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಫರ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಬೈ ದ by the chanting by the holy name the consciousness the mirror of the consciousness is purified and this sankirtan movement is like a lotus a white lotus that blossoms many flowers they close in the night lotuses generally they close in the night but there is this one particular white lotus which blossoms at the full moon at night so in the same way the sankirtan movement of lord chaitanya is blossoming in the night of kali yuga shreya kairiva chandrika vitaranam and then anandam burivardanam patipadam purnamrita svadanam then <coughs> it describes the ocean of transcendental love and then it describes that this sankirtan movement is the life of transcendental knowledge right so that's an important principle it is there where that's where uh, suddenly we are no longer the doer um, when we become an instrument of lord chaitanya's mercy then lord chaitanya begins to work through us it's like uh book distribution book distribution is sometimes something where uh we are amazed <laughs> that it worked <laughs> just like that they took the book you know so books you know just standing there how did this happen it just just kind of had nothing to do with me it just we are so so looking why did they take it um it's when we become the instrument of the mercy of the lord then miracles start to happen and uh and somehow or other it's there where uh where we are no longer so absorbed in ourselves uh, these six enemies lust greed anger and so on will attack us and will get a grip on us the more we are concerned with ourselves my mind my senses my desires yes as long as the focus is i and mine the more these enemies will have a grip on us when we become um and we try to take up the mission of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu that lifts us above these attacks of these six enemies and their influence starts to diminish so um so this is how we are worshiping both radha and krishna and lord chaitanya when in our relationship with radha and krishna we are meeting the limit of our love um yes how long can we stand there and have the darshan um, 
in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, there's the story of Advaita Acharya who had been to the temple of Lord Jagannath for darshan and then came back and met Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Oh, Acharya, where have you just been? Advaita Acharya said, I just come back from having darshan from Lord Jagannath. And Lord Chaitanya said, Oh, you took darshan of Lord Jagannath. And what did you do after? He said, After, after uh, I came here. Lord Chaitanya said, No, no. What did you do after? He said, After, after, after I circumambulated the deities. Ah, then I have defeated you. You defeated me how? How you have defeated me? Uh, said Advaita Acharya. Whenever I'm in the temple, I stand in such a way that at all times I can see the deity. But you did the parikrama of the deities and turned your back to the deities. In this way, I have defeated you. Uh, so yes, uh, it's interesting because circumambulation of the deities is recommended in the scripture. Um, it is stated that one should circumambulate the deities four times, not three times, four times. Four times because it says in four times you cover the entire universe, you do all the four sides of the universe. So in this way, you circumambulate the Lord. And we can, in the morning, walk around the temple at least four times. Yeah, five is also good. Six, 20, 108. Yes. Um, so um, that is a regulative principle. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was operating on a different platform. He was on operating on the platform of pure love, which is superior to regulative principles. Uh, we, we are operating on the platform of regulated principles at this stage. I hope. <laughs> uh, that would be preferred. <laughs> And if we are not operating on the platform of regulative principles, then uh, we're operating below the regulative principles. And in that case, all I can say is, in our movement, we are always living with the regulative principles. Some are following them and some are not. The ones who are following the regulative principles will get inspired. The ones who are not following the regulative principles will get depressed. So uh, it's entirely up to us. We can choose uh, what we want to be, inspired or depressed. Um, we, that's our choice. It's not that we are forced to. Mm. We're not forced to. Anyhow, this principle of uh, of becoming part of the 
external purpose of the Lord. Uh, that is really our business, to become a Sankirtan devotee, to become an instrument of mercy. It's the only way that we will really uh, rise above uh, that level of struggle. Otherwise, the struggle will remain and can remain for years. One can be very learned. One can have done a lot of service. One may have chanted many times, 64 rounds. One may have uh, done many Govardhan Parikramas. One may have taken baths in Radha Kunj, respectfully and prayerfully and so on. One may have done so many things, but not breaking through. Um, so it is in this spirit, um, in this spirit of engaging in compassionate activity and in gradually developing compassion, in gradually thinking about the welfare of others, uh, that we can become suitable, um, suitable to serve. And service uh, as an expression of love. Uh, but then we must overcome this self-centeredness and this selfishness. That is the, uh, the nature of this Sankirtan movement. Uh, and we can see um, that this is what Srila Prabhupada emphasized. Srila Prabhupada emphasized preaching as the first and foremost activity. And that's what he again and again emphasized. When sannyasis would arrive in Vrindavan, Prabhupada would, uh, would sometimes ask, uh, when are you leaving? Just up, upon arrival. <laughs> you know, nothing like welcome and no. First question, when are you leaving? Yeah. So, <clears throat> that's very interesting. Mm. Anyway, um, The Chaitanya Charitamrita is, um, is particularly relevant to the present time. Uh, it is particularly uh, the scripture that deals with uh, the situation where we are in, uh, a situation where we need mercy. If we turn to um, Srimad Bhagavatam, we understand from Srimad Bhagavatam the, uh, the basic uh, nature of the material world and the spiritual world and how everything is connected and related to the Supreme Lord. From Srimad Bhagavatam, we, we understand how universal affairs are conducted. Uh, we see uh, how Lord Brahma 
is active. We see how the demigods are active. We see how the manus are active. And these are all instruments of the Lord in disseminating transcendental knowledge and in maintaining um, Sanatan Dharma. So from Srimad Bhagavatam, we can fully understand uh, the nature of the universe. From Srimad Bhagavatam, we can also shortly understand uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, because he's mentioned in the, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. Then in Srimad Bhagavatam, we uh, also find the, uh, the final uh, purpose of, uh, of the entire book. Uh, and that we find in the last verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. So the last verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, in a sense, is a com conclusion. In the last chapter, the glory of the Bhagavad Purana of Srimad Bhagavatam itself has been described. Right? There's a whole series of verses going to that. Then we come to the final verse. And the final verse is, Nama Sankirtanam Yasya Sarva Papa Pranasanam Pranamo Dukasamanas Tam Namami Harim Param I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Lord, Hari, the congregational chanting of whose holy names destroys all sinful reactions and the offering of obeisances unto whom relieves all material suffering. So isn't that interesting how the Bhagavatam in conclusion is speaking about Nam Sankirtan? Not in a covered way, but very direct. Nam Sankirtanam Yasya. Uh, so, uh, ultimately, Srimad Bhagavatam brings us to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, as we can see. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is mentioned in the 11th canto, but the final verse of the 12th canto takes us to Nam Sankirtan, which is clearly the Yuga Dharma and is the process of which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching us. So, in this way, um, ultimately, all the conclusions of Srimad Bhagavatam are, are meant to bring us to that point of simply chanting Hare Krishna. And not only personally chanting Hare Krishna, but the congregational chanting of the Holy Name to together chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and then also privately to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So this is the, uh, uh, our saving grace and especially uh, when we think of increasing Krishna consciousness in this world, then uh, life becomes exciting. Okay, now it's your turn for some uh, some questions, and I'll I'll keep my WhatsApp on.
And let's see. Okay, it's trying to connect. Uh, uh. So now, yeah, it looks like it's connected. Okay. See if some questions come in. First question is, why can't them stream it on Zoom at the same time? Yes, from guess from whom? From Krishna Kirtan, of course. <laughs> them can do it, but, you know. <laughs> Any question? Yeah, Rukmini. Yeah, raise the arm so they can... Hare Krishna. Marsha was thinking that it's not like you do a book marathon and suddenly the six enemies diminish. So it, sometimes it can be maybe that sudden preaching activities may be in line with our nature. And then are we really becoming selfless through them? <laughs> it's not that by doing one book marathon that we suddenly are free from the six enemies. No, it's not like that. We, uh, we carry on. And yes, we engage our nature. So the first thing is to, uh, is to take up Sankirtan. I'm not talking just book marathons. I'm talking about being a via media of the mercy of Krishna and to share that with people. And, you know, there's so many ways to do that, right? So um, it's about getting absorbed in it, about making that our, uh, our life, about making that our mission. It's not a matter of just once uh, taking up some, just like Prabhupada received the instruction to preach Krishna consciousness in the English language. So with that instruction, he could have just sat down and gave one lecture in English and said, okay, I've done that one. Any other instruction? And that we can see that Prabhupada took that instruction, then preached to the Western world and then started preaching in other languages as well. And so he expanded on that instruction. So... It means absorption. There has to be absorption. If there's no absorption, then uh, then the six enemies will still find gaps. In Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a description of so paro dharmo yato bhakti um, It is said that devotional service is uh, unmotivated and uninterrupted, pure devotional service. So now when a devotional service is not pure, it means it may be motivated and it may be interrupted. So when it's interrupted, there's a lot of space for the enemies to attack us. So we should be fully absorbed. That's the first thing. Now about motivation. If we are doing a particular service, uh, in devotional service that we uh, that we materially like 
No? Yes, that may be there, but it gets purified. No? It's like, like me, I like music, you know, for sure. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I do. <laughs> uh, I do. But um, I lost all taste for mundane music. Yeah? It's, just, it's just really no more interest in it. And if it's not kirtan, if it's not transcendental, then, you know, eh, just uh, not interesting. Anything that's not... If it's not, if it doesn't have that transcendental dimension and power, lost interest. So that's what happens. One begins with uh, maybe mixed motives, but then it gets purified, and then Krishna remains, and the, the material attachment diminishes, and then yeah, I still like music, but not without Krishna. That's just empty, meaningless. Just like a pizza that's not prasadam. It's not the same. It's a pizza. Those are the kind of pizzas that people eat only half. Yeah? And the rest is on the plate. Where's the prasadam ones? Those ones. Even if we eat half now, ladies probably eat half and put the rest in the fridge and eat it later. But not all, but many do. Tiffins and I don't know. But whatever it is, we eat it because it's prasadam, the transcendental dimension. So the motivation changes over time. So don't worry about the motivation. Just make sure it's not interrupted. Next. Hare, Hare Krishna. <laughs> um, so in the beginning of the lecture, we spoke about these loving symptoms. And I think throughout the scriptures, there are also more subtle milestones that we pass as we're going to go on the path. So I was wondering to what extent do we have to be patient that these things will come to us and eventually, well, when we're pure, we get these things? Or to what extent should we look into ourselves and see, ah, these things are not coming. Do we need to change something? Am I not doing it uh, well? Yeah, so <clears throat> there are two, um, two aspects in devotional service. Um, there's anartapasamam saksat bhakti yoga madokshaje, um, where it is described that the um, anartas, they are being purified just by the process of devotional service. So we don't have to make any special endeavor we just engage in devotional service and we become purified. Then there's the other uh, aspect of the conscious endeavor. And to what extent are we to make a conscious endeavor? The effect of the conscious endeavor is secondary to the purification of devotional service. It's like, rather it is supportive. It helps. Uh, just so uh, 
these are the favorable circumstances. I mean, like, like when we have uh, injured our, our leg, okay, for some time, we, maybe we should not walk on it, right? Uh, but if the injury is more serious than, than that, you know, than just a sprained ankle, then you need some treatment as well. So we don't walk, but we also need a treatment. So it's the treatment that's really going to cure it. And it's the not walking that's going to avoid that the healing process will not interfere with. So our conscious endeavors are, are the support so that devotional service can act and purify us. Uh, like, how am I going to be humble? Um, I, I have no love of God. All right, uh, now what to do about it? Oh, heart. Oh, listen, you heart. Start loving, right? I don't know about yours, but mine doesn't work like that. <laughs> I, I can tell my heart to love as much as I want, but my heart doesn't do it. It doesn't obey. It's never, so far, has never obeyed my will. It does what it wants. So, uh, it's, it's devotional service that will capture the heart. And then, but we can apply ourselves to devotional service by conscious endeavor. Right? We, we can stop chanting at 16 or we can chant a little extra. It's up to us. We can, we can be in Vrindavan or we can every day uh, read in Vrindavan and so on and so on. We can make a conscious effort to make this time very, uh, very significant and, and meaningful. Then that will support us to really become absorbed in devotional service like that. So the conscious effort is important, but we can not ultimately, not by conscious effort alone, change ourselves. Therefore, we must take shelter. It's about bhakti asraya. It's about taking shelter of devotional service that will become purified. Okay, next. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Okay. <laughs> we are on this side today. They're not giving it. <laughs> I invite more Matajis to ask questions. Yeah. Um, this uh, six ongoing problems with uh, lust, greed, anger, illusion, madness, envy, is it all, this is all acting in ignorance, but what is the strongest or how can, what is the most difficult? Um, uh, it, it depends. Obviously, uh, sometimes the six are further simplified in Bhagavad Gita. There it is only lust and envy that are mentioned. So in one sense, uh, greed is an extension from lust. Anger is due to frustrated lust. Sometimes anger is called the younger brother of lust. So, um, madness, illusion is, is the result from, uh, 
from constantly running after sense gratification, nunam pramate kurute yad indriya pritya apni noti. When we run after the senses, we gradually become pramate, we become mad. So like this, um, one leads to the other. Um, and lust and envy are, are, the, are the real roots of, uh, of these six enemies. And lust is that we see this world as, uh, as a facility to satisfy our senses. Atmenriya pritivancha tarabolika. And obviously, we have to learn to satisfy the senses of Krishna. That is, is practice. That takes practice. But we can do. Okay. And what, what, do you, what do you mean with kept devotional service? Service will, kept, will capture the heart. What do you mean by this? What is it? Mean? Devotional service it, itself takes over. Uh, give it to uh, Sanjaya over there in the back. Uh, devotional service is, is of the nature of, of Ladini Shakti. It is the pleasure potency. Um, so the devotional service will give pleasure to Krishna and devotional service attracts Krishna. So uh, Krishna becomes attracted. So devotional service... Um, Will, um, will, will change our life. Um, we'll start to experience more and more the pleasure, the, the, the presence of Krishna in our life. Then, devotional service becomes more important than anything else. Then all other things start to look bleak and meaningless. In that way, devotional service will capture us. Sanjaya, Vajra. Yes, Maharaj. Um, thank Hare Krishna. Um, uh, there is a purport by Srila Prabhupada on the six enemies, and it says here, when a pure devotee always fears material association, and then there's a whole list of things which happen, then the six sons of my, uh, the six enemies are killed by such fear. So you spoke about uh, positive absorption, but there seems to be a relevance for fear also. What is that? Is it fear of mm. Maya? What is the yeah. nature of that yes. fear? And uh, how to develop this healthy fear? Where does it come from? Because yes. we, if we don't have this fear, then it seems there is no hope. Okay. Smartavyam satata vishnu vishmatavyo najata sit sarvavidini sedu shur etayor eva king karam. It says that all the rules and regulations, all the um, positive rules and all the prohibitions of the scriptures are meant for one purpose to always remember Krishna and to never forget him. So there are always these two. Yes, the fear is fear of Maya. Fear of Svalpamapiyasya Dharmasya Trayate Mahatobayat, the Mahatobayat, the greatest fear that will again fall down to the material energy. So naturally, uh, fear is there in the life of, of the devotee. We are, uh, we know we can fall down. Right? Still, we cannot 
all day long think like, oh, uh, let me make sure I'm not falling down. Let me just uh, make sure that I'm, I'm well protected from Maya. Let me watch out that I'm not falling down. It's, it's something that is there in the back of our mind, but it cannot be in the front of our mind. In the front of our mind, we should start thinking, let me engage in the positive uh, experience of serving Krishna and, uh, and being his via media and his instrument. Uh, because serving Krishna, obviously, uh, in the beginning, may be a very simple thing. It may just be uh, us doing something for Krishna. But then it expands. Right? Then it becomes engaging others in the service of Krishna or giving, giving others opportunity to serve Krishna. And that way the service grows and, and when one becomes responsible for the welfare of all. So uh, just as the gopis are described to not only themselves, engaging in the service of Krishna, but being eager to engage others in the service of Krishna. So, um, these are elements of the positive. Uh, develop our service, expand our service. Uh, um, see how each service leads to a next service. And in this way, um, we grow. At first, we're, ser we're, we're just serving, but then we become a teacher as we get experience in service. So service like that grows. So we are getting absorbed in the positive activity, but keep a healthy fear of Maya. Right? So one should never think, I'm above Maya, even if we are. We should not think we are above Maya. We should still, uh, therefore, take shelter of of prescribed duty. Um, yeah, every, every ashram has certain codes of behavior. We take shelter of ashram. Even if we think we're transcendental, we take shelter. Prabhupada took sannyas. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta took sannyas. They were completely transcendental personalities, but they took sannyas, which is, you know, so many rules, so many regulations. So they took shelter of the... Um, of a protected position. Therefore, the other day, I mentioned something about bachelors. Right? Now, I'm not against bachelors per se, but my point was a bachelor is not in an ashram, so he's not protected by a code. Right? But in every other ashram, there's a code, and there's a prescribed duty. That's why we always need that protection of prescribed duty. Out of because we are afraid of Maya. The other day, I was in in the room, and then uh, Vyasaki was there, and he was and Jayadvaita March had met him on the way, and he also came. Vyasaki Prabhu and his wife came, and Vyasaki coming look, oh, you know, your life to me, your life has been successful, this, that, you know, it's just like, wouldn't stop, right? And then, and then Jayadvaita Maharaj says, well, he can still fall down, 
<laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So I should be careful. Eh? I should be careful. Till the end. Till the last second. Let us all be careful. Till the last second. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, Gormahan, and then I'm going to read some from the internet. Oh, what, what? Oh, my God. That's a lot. Okay, here from YouTube, Jennifer is asking. Sorry, you're asking someone else's question, Yes. Huh? Why? Because it's from YouTube. I didn't ask you to do that. Okay. That's my job. I choose the questions online. Your question. I would read out this question. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am saying what you're supposed to do. I want your question. My question. Yeah, you put your hand up, now you have to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? Um, if, if you engage in, as you say, in preaching and uh, extensively and there's still, you're being attacked by the six enemies, it is very um, difficult because one, one is in action, but somehow one cannot break through and have this overflowing mercy and love because one is obstructed by these enemies. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, preaching is not so easy. Right? That is true. We find we bring our six enemies with us when we're out there preaching and we are not able to really, uh, really go deep as preachers because uh, that's true. Um, but yeah, practice makes perfect. We, we, our, only, our only hope is to, um, to begin humbly and to try and get purified, isn't it? So, uh, in this way, preaching may also not be uh, an immediate quick fix. You know, it may take time, but by consistently dedicating our life to the welfare of others, we can overcome our... Uh, gradually, it can become an absorption. And then our affliction by these enemies will diminish. But what if the preaching itself becomes the source of the six enemies? What if the preaching itself becomes the source? Well, the preaching itself, uh, then we need to adjust our target group a little bit. Like, if, if, you're, if you're a handsome young man who specializes in preaching to young girls, <laughs> then... That may be difficult, and then it may in, increase the influence of the enemies like that. But if you are, so then you need to just adjust your target group. Take old people <laughs> or young boys or whatever. 
Okay, I'm going to do some online. Um, So from someone who's who wants to remain anonymous. <laughs> Why do the Goswamis not have a deity of Mahaprabhu or any of the other Panchatattva on their altars, part of their worship? Why does Radha Krishna? What shall we take away from this? Um, well, we see in the Radha Kokulananda temple, we can see a Mahabhu, Mahaprabhu deity of Narayatam Das Thakur. Right? So... Uh, it's not entirely uh, so black and white, or in one way black and white, Krishna black and Radharani white, but uh, um, also golden, as you can see, also golden. Um, when the first Goswamis were sent to Vrindavan, they were also sent here on a particular mission. Uh, they were given the mission to, uh, to excavate Vrindavan, so to establish Vrindavan. And so uh, they established the, uh, the original deities right, of, of Radha and Krishna. Um, deities uh, that often had a history Right, uh, Vajranaba, the great grandson of Krishna, he installed many deities. It's like it's amazing how many deities he installed, and uh, so also some of the deities of the Goswamis were installed by Vajranaba originally. Um, so we just accept it that um, in their mission to excavate Vrindavan and to bring Krishna to the foreground. Uh, they established deities of, uh, of Radha and Krishna. But um, we must worship Lord Chaitanya also, as Narayan Thakur did. Yes. Okay, that's one. Another online one, one second. Opal Champo. Maraj? One second, I'm just reading one. Uh, you're next. I'm just about to read one. Maharaj, you often say that it is hard to be in the mode of goodness, but it is more possible to associate with the mode of goodness. But how do I identify the mode of goodness in others? so that we can decide who to associate with. Can we trust our judgment of the mode of goodness based on reading the 14th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita? Um, yes, we are going to work with transcendental knowledge as good as we can. Right? Although we are not in the mode of goodness ourselves, we may not be fully able to judge properly who's in the mode of goodness, but Bhagavad Gita gives a whole list of symptoms. When we think someone is in goodness, all right, we make an effort and we associate with that person, 
we associate not only with persons, but also places in the mode of goodness. We try to cultivate knowledge. Uh, so in this way, we can find the mode of goodness in various things and we'll get purified in the process. And then our discrimination will improve. As we're getting, as we're making advancement, we begin to see more clear. In the beginning, we don't see so clear. But then with time, we, we see more and more clear. So in this way, um, yes, let us begin with, uh, with the 14th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita and trying to understand what the modes of material nature are. Now someone said, Maharaj. Um, now there was a voice. Maharaj? Yeah? I have two questions for you. You have a question? What is the best way for a child to fight the six enemies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're laughing. But I tell you, it's a very good question because it is like that. Um, children are also attacked by the six enemies. Not only adults, but children also. Um, so most children, they don't, they don't uh, have so much knowledge and it is playing and they don't think about it. So it's very good if you can ask such questions, because this is exactly what Prahlad was saying to his demoniac uh, schoolmates. Um, Prahlad was also speaking about uh, wasting our time just trying to satisfy the senses. These six enemies they come from us trying to satisfy our senses. So when we begin to satisfy the senses of Krishna, then it changes. So how do you satisfy the senses of Krishna? By making offering to Krishna. Right? And you know, bring an offering to the deities. Or make an offering to the deities. Or just the flower will do. Or... If you want to make a garland, you can. A simple sweet you can make or, or just offer, but do service to Krishna. And for Krishna, then we overcome this, these enemies. And it begins, Pallad told his five-year-old friends that they had to do it. Right? So it's not that, uh, it's not mentioned in the scriptures that children should begin to fight the enemies. It is mentioned in the scripture. So yes, thank you for your question. And just by doing service, you can overcome these six enemies. Maharaj, yeah. um, there's another question I have. Okay. What is you the can best, have all the questions. What is the best duty to wash up when you're a child? So I couldn't hear it fully. Say it again. What is the best deity to worship when you're a child? Wow. Uh, well, I think in that way, for all of us, uh, Lord Chaitanya 
is, is the most merciful deity. He is very generous. He forgives all offense, offenses. So Gornitai are definitely the best, huh? the, the easiest deities to worship. So, because it's not so easy, you know. Uh, but, you know, children, uh, the word child is used for different, uh, different age groups. There are young children. Young children, uh, they may be not ready for deities, so they have a doll. But when someone is getting older, then they can have deities. Just like I used to come to your house, and you always liked Giriraj, and you always wanted to do service for Giriraj. And uh, many, many times you did service for Giriraj. So you worshipped Giriraj in those days, and that was really nice. Right? Now, uh, later you may also have Giriraj, but maybe now you could worship Gornitai if you wanted to. My blessings you have. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you, Maharaj. Now you have to talk to your parents also. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, I mean, internet, yeah? Nivedita. Um, Okay, one second. You also have questions. My God, so many questions. Uh, put them down. Uh, what if your anger is due to the incompetence of others? <laughs> and lack of patience on my part when doing service because it's not done the way you'd like it to be done. My biggest defects. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I sympathize. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Um, I know these feelings uh, very well. But yes, uh, we have to become very generous with others, you know, and we have to appreciate that uh, that they're trying in their own way. And we can also not judge everyone uh, by our own standards. Of course, you know, sometimes when someone is completely incompetent, it can be a little bit annoying. Like this morning, I got a little bit impatient with one of my servants. Uh, what can I say? But... Uh, but we have to be more generous um, and, and appreciate that people are different and allow people to be and appreciate that everyone is trying in their own way to do some service. So let us not be so much attached to the way that we want it or that we know it could be done better. 
let them let them do uh, give them an opportunity to do service okay now we go to the other phone Hare Krishna dear Maharaj, in striking a balance in our service, do we focus on outreach preaching to many or allocate time and energy to the cultivation of those interests which requires a lot of time? Um, from Atulia. Uh, you know, Atulia, that depends on your nature. Um, both should be there, obviously. We need, and, and different people like different things. You know, like, for example, Jaipataka Maharaj, uh, he likes it when the, the more people, the better. Right? That's like, if it's a hundred thousand, that's good. But if it's a million, that's still better. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and Maharaj has that capacity to deal with so many people. I myself, when, when it gets over 10,000, then I sort of feel now there's so many people. If there would be one less, they probably wouldn't notice it. <laughs> that's, <what> I, <laughs> that's, that's when I feel like walk, getting out of there. Uh, so different, we have different natures also. Some are meant to preach to, to many and, and, and get more and more enlivened. And some preach to a few. Both are needed. So that is fine. How to deal and face the obstacles in devotional life? By devotional service, because bhakti comes from bhakti. Huh? It is bhaktiyamam abhijanati. It is through devotional service that we, that we get bhakti. So all obstacles are overcome by devotional service. I hear you, yes. Do you have a microphone? More? Okay. Okay. Okay, then I'll do this one quickly and then. Dear Kadamakana Swami, if I may ask, please. I'm struggling to go deeper. It's almost like I stopped myself. And I was hoping you may have some kind of advice for me, kindly, Jennifer. Yeah, we all, are, as I said, we all are encountering our limits. But then by associating with devotees who are more advanced, we get some chayabhav, we get some shadow reflection. So in this way, we become inspired. Yeah, so therefore, uh, it is by devotee association that we are uplifted. Now you have the mic? Yes. So... Um, in course of uh, question and answers, um, devotees were mentioning that they are struggling, like uh, what when you are struggling with anarthas and, and you were recommending the, uh, engaging in devotional service. Uh, but I think, how can you engage in devotional service? Okay, you can engage in service, but devotional, devotional that might be a problem because when you're stuck between, in your anarthas and your challenges, that uh -huh. actually you don't have devotion. You can just do service, like... With, well, without love. We so. may not be devotional, but the service is. How come? You know what I mean? The service itself is devotional. Because, like, if we are... Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 
The service itself is devotional, like uh, we're sweeping the temple. Right? Now, I may not do it with a lot of bhakti, but it's the temple floor. So it's, uh, the service itself is connected with Krishna. I'm cooking for Krishna. I may not cook the, you know, I may not cook like kurma or like yamuna, you know, uh, and, and maybe not with full attention, but because it's for the deities and so on, it's the service itself is bhakti. So we're getting purified by, the, by that. And so gradually we'll change, even if we are poor. Like Satsarup Maharaj writes, a poor man reads the Bhagavatam. Okay, we are poor men who read the Bhagavatam, but little by little we get some wealth from reading the Bhagavatam. Yeah. So like that. Ultimately, bhakti is the solution. The glass with the ink inside keep on pouring more water. So keep on pouring the water of bhakti and the ink will disappear. So it's, it's like that. Okay, I'll take two more. Yes. And then quarter to five, we, should, we have to be out by five. So quarter to five, we stop. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I was thinking when you were speaking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and how he's actually an example of uh, how we should do in our life, like preaching and all these things. So I was thinking in the last phase of his life, he was dedicated to the eternal bhajan. So do we also who, who, have who that? Who was that? I couldn't get... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shri Krishna oh, Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yeah, so he's teaches, teaching by the example. So in our lives, are we also have that kind of stage in our lives or not? Or where, where, when is the time for that? Or we should do only preaching and that will only protect us from six enemies? Um, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, was in his early childhood. Uh, he was a Chana avatar. He was hiding his devotee identity, which only came out later. Then he became, then he acted like an Acharya. And in the Madhya Lila, he's traveling all over, he's preaching everywhere. Then he comes back to Jagannath Puri. For six years, he is in Jagannath Puri, still coming for Ratiyatra, he's interacting with devotees and so on. And then the last 12 years, um, it's not that he just withdrew, that he retired. It's just that the love of God just took over. It just took control of him. He was no longer able to control it. So he's not, it's not exactly a model of, okay, uh, he was preaching and then he retired from preaching. No, he didn't retire. He just became overwhelmed with love of God. He was no longer able to uh, act in such a coordinated way. Um, we see different Acharyas um, following a different path. We see Prabhupada preaching, lying on his bed, still preaching. Right? We see Bhaktivinoda Thakur sort of taking some time going into some state of samadhi. So there are uh, different acharyas who may respond in different ways. 
I think with time, it becomes apparent, you know? Because everyone gets his own, uh, yeah, his own destiny, you know? Like Prabhupada was able to travel and preach, uh, but his health also allowed it. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe not everyone gets that. I mean, uh, therefore, it depends on the individual circumstances. Uh, but I tell you, there is a taste in this preaching which is really something. It's really something. And without it, you know, and, and we, even those who are not so exalted and who may have affliction of the of, of six enemies or, or what, we can get so absorbed in that. It's so absorbing. So this preaching is really something. If we do it, if we, if we, if we really make it our life, then there will be amazing fruit. Yeah. Chulan. Mm. Uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, as uh, we practice Krishna consciousness, we learn to surrender um, on the process. But as we grow, we also take a position of like, leading and preach. So sometimes we had to be controller. So how do you know the, um, like, um, if we controlling for Krishna, well, are we, are we just controlling out of yeah. false ego? Yeah, all these subtle things, you know. Uh, naturally, in the course of preaching, we are, uh, we're, we're, there's a lot to, to do, a lot to organize. We become controllers. And we have to be. And, uh, and then is there subtle personal desire that we like to be controllers and so on? Uh, yes, that may be. But those, that subtle contamination can stay. It gets purified in devotional service. And if we sincerely try to satisfy Krishna, then at the end, Krishna will take that away. We don't have to worry about it. Krishna will take it away. Yeah. Um, it's not that at the end of life, Krishna brings a gold scale and he puts us on there and weighs to see if there is a slight trace of some anarta that he can find. And if he, with a magnifying glass, and then he, he found one impurity. Aha! It was not sincere. Another birth. No. It's like... So it is, when Krishna is satisfied with our service, then he'll take us back and he will uh, take away these more subtle impurities and so on. That's how we do it. We just try to at least deal with the gross thing. The subtle things are difficult to control. And we do our best in service as much as we can. And then we pray to Krishna for mercy. 
and then we hope everything will be all right. Like that. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, so, um, we have all kinds of Mahaprasadam. Arjun is somewhere. He's sitting on the bench. He has it, and he will distribute it. There's Mahaprasadam from the Jagannath Puri temple. There is from Giri, uh, from, from Lord Jagannath. There is from Giri Raj. Plenty of Prasadam also. So you all get some prasadam. I will walk around, and as, you, and as you get out of the door, I will throw water on you because people give me bottles with water from every holy kund in Vrindavan. <laughs> and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, I thought I could bathe myself in it, but then I thought it will be nicer if I sprinkle it on the devotees. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And uh, your uh, yeah, other things I'll mention sometime later. So thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed the program yesterday. And also appreciate what an amazing project Burijan Prabhu and Sachinanan Maharaj have made together. It's enormous. Uh, of course, it's for you. It's for all of you. Uh, please take advantage of that facility. Uh, I saw the opening is already on the 10th of October, so very soon. So uh, they still have a little bit of work to do. <laughs> and then they will open. So, maybe I'll go again for the opening. And I guess then we'll have little kirtan in that hall. Okay. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Kijai. <laughs>